Are we recording? Yes. Hi. Hi. You little. I you know, couldn't help it. I couldn't you had help to wait. It. I'm you nervous because I've never made it. Like okay, really tried to make a martini before. Okay. Well, now I have, and it's all been terrible. So I'm excited to try this. Take a tiny sip. Happy Friday. <gasps> Cheers. Happy Friday. Ding. Finally, we're drinking martinis, guys. That's pretty damn good. I mean, it's still like... It's good. This right? is better than any one I've made. So Yay! I don't know about y'all, but this has been a big point of contention with me and Tess too, because before today, we've n- sh- you've never been able to make a martini, right? Never. Okay. So... Thank you for saying before today. Before today, because today <laughs> is the day. So I cannot tell you how many recipes I've tried, like... You know, getting the vermouth, swirling it around yeah. the martini glass, pouring it out, doing like, I mean, it's Tracy and I have done a million things. What, I don't know how you did it, but this one's good. How do they, because I feel like they make it at bars, they can make it a little bit waterier, so it's not like. This tastes great. This is a very adult drink to make. Oh my God. Oh my look God, at good us. for you. Ah. Look at me drinking it, not making it. <laughs> <laughs> you look very grown up with that glass. <laughs> we almost spilled like 10 times. <laughs> Not at all. Still like glassware. I know. Well, guys, happy Friday. Happy Friday and welcome to Cocktails the Conspiracy. Yes. Today I'm, we're drinking dirty martinis. Dirty martinis for no reason. No theme. Just sometimes around. you just want to have a martini. Yeah. Um, it's a freaky Friday today and we have kind of a cool theme. So we're going to be telling stories about deathbed confessions. confessions. What And this made me think, like, what is my dream deathbed confession? Like, I want to hear John Ramsey confess mm. to killing John Bonet. That's, that's my dream. That's your dream? That's my that, dream that's deathbed your... confession. I guess, oh, wow, let me think. A deathbed confession. Just... Maybe something with Marilyn Monroe or JFK. Oh, my God. Just answer one of our conspiracy theories. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would want, I would want, um, no, I would want, like, any of the presidents to, like, tell us about UFOs. Anybody. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, are they, are they real? Have we made contact? Yeah, I hear deathbed confession and I go straight to murder. But I mean, that that's, that's pretty typical. But no, I just want a, hey, you're dying. You're not going to get in trouble for telling me this. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what's up. That's why a lot of these, like, some of them can be dubbed as fake or, like, might not be 100% accurate. But it's also, like, why the fuck would you say that if you're about to die? Right. Did you know that Charles Darwin on his deathbed was questioning Darwinism? Was he really? Yeah. And it's, like, when you're about to die, you just... You put your pride aside, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're going out, like, you know, yeah. why do you care? Um anyways. So anyways, let's yeah. get let's get let's to these get confessions. confessions. Um, okay. So let me start with like a um kind of like a well known like a reference to something that's well known. Okay. So okay. So um when 26-year-old Joan Harrison was found murdered in 1975, 
Authorities believe she died at the hands of the infamous British serial killer, the Yorkshire Ripper. If you haven't heard this story, like I just listened to a pod. Well, I listened to I have no less than 15 like true crime slash murder podcasts that I listen to at any given time. I just listened to a really, really good one on the Yorkshire Ripper. Um, yeah, so I will um, I'll post it. Okay. I'll, I'll try to look back because I just somebody did it really really well. So, but it's a really infamous Ugh. serial killer that they could not. I don't think it's solved to this day. Really, that's yeah, crazy. Um, so thought that they that she died at the hands of the infamous British serial killer, the Yorkshire Ripper. Once he was ruled out, however, police had no further suspects. In 2008, dying from cancer, a 60 year old named Christopher Smith wrote a three page note explaining her death to who okay so let me just tell you how bad this how dumb this guy sounds like they have a quote this is just like a little excerpt of it he says to who spelled (laughs) t-w-o h-o-w to how to how (laughs) to how (laughs) to whoever it concerns i would like to put the record straight I can't go on with the guilt. His note began. I am truly sorry for all the pain I've caused to anyone. Please believe me when I say I am sorry. Please, God, help my family who I worship. I've been out of trouble for over 20 years, so please, God, help me. Then in 2011, DNA testing concluded that his deathbed confession was, in fact, completely true. Oh, my God. So this guy, I, I mean, he's not famous, but like, you know, obviously, it was part of that whole Yorkshire Ripper yeah. time period, which is totally nuts. Y'all Google it. It's a crazy, so he crazy was story. The York- Yorkshire no, he wasn't. But they thought it was because it was during the same area and time period. Okay. But like, it was just this random dude. They had no clue. It was a cold. Like, they had no clue who did it. And then all of a sudden, this guy out of the woodwork, dying from cancer. He could you imagine? Like, he didn't do anything for twenty years. He sat on that for twenty years that he killed somebody. And then wrote a letter. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, what's your... And now he's dead? Yeah. In 2011, yeah. Okay, so mine is D.B. Cooper. Shut up! Was that your next one? No. Oh, yeah. But that was the one I did. I know. So I think it was like our fifth or sixth episode. It was one of our Freaky Fridays. Uh, McDead did... We did disappearances and mm-hmm. McDev did D.B. Cooper. Yeah. So long story short, a mysterious man boarded a Boeing 727 in Portland, Oregon in 1971. He hijacked a passenger plane with a fake bomb and extorted a ransom of $200,000 before he made a daring escape in a parachute never to be seen again. Yes. Over a 20-year period, the FBI interviewed more than a thousand suspects yeah. in what became known as the case of D.B. Cooper, but the culprit was never identified. And to this day, it remains the only unsolved skyjacking yes. in commercial aviation history. So now there are recordings, and I'm going to play a little bit of it, but recordings from a man who claimed that he was Cooper's, like, BFF. Shut up. Yeah, and that he confessed to him in that moment when he was dying. So uh, the man in the recordings is Walter R. Recca, born Pekka in Michigan, who died in 2014. He was 80. 
the 82nd Airborne paratrooper who went on to become a covert intelligence operative for several governments says he handed the stewardess a note announcing the hijacking that said, this is a hijack, I've got explosives. She said, I can't believe you're actually hijacking this airplane. And he said, I can't believe I am either, but I'm serious. So basically this guy, he always suspected that his friend was D.B. Cooper Mm -hmm. just because of where he was. He remembers where he was at the time and he just... What he was doing and... Right. But he finally admitted to it um, when he was dying of cancer. And so his friend started recording their conversations. Shut up. And the FBI went over the tapes to examine to see if there was any like fakery or if it was legit basically. And they said it was. Shit. Yeah. And uh, let me see. There are some of the things that he noted that only he would have known. Mm. So let me pull that up really fast. Now, where did you carry your note? Inside pocket of the suit. What was the note about? I can't remember right there. This is a hijack and I've got explosives. So you did hand her, hand her the note. And since she kind of put it in her pocket, like she said, I can't believe you're actually hijacking this airplane. And I says, I can't believe it either, but I'm serious. Anything on how you told them to get the parachutes and the money and $20 bills and, and whatnot? Used $20 bills. Oh, you wanted, you wanted all used ones? Yeah. I didn't get all used ones, but I got uh, a lot of them were used. So, um... Joe Cohen, he's a certified fraud examiner, a forensic linguist, and an independent private investigator who has worked on high-profile cases in the cooperation with the FBI for over 50 years. He actually worked on the Jimmy Hoffa case, Mm -hmm. the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. And this is a quote from him. I analyzed the available documents interviewed by key witnesses and evaluated all of the available evidence to assess its value, its credibility, and its believability. I compared our information and evidence to the FBI's, and I believe that Walter Pekka, this guy in question, a.k.a. Walter Recca, is D.B. Cooper. Okay. And Cohen confirms that some of Lauren's audio recordings, the one that we just listened to, include Recca discussing details of the skyjacking that he could not have known unless he was there, such as the fact that Cooper used super glue to conceal his fingerprints and that he offered a handful of money to, to the stewardess before he jumped, which she refused. Okay. Well, let's let's that is crazy. I love that. Yeah, all it's all coming back. It's always coming back. So, okay. So the next, which which one do you want to do next? A murder, death, a murder, murdered, murder. Um. Okay. The next one that I have, it's. A deathbed confession and an old train ticket solve a 55-year-old <gasps> unsolved cool. murder case. I know. I loved it. It's so cool. Okay. So in 1957, second grader Maria Ridolf was kidnapped from her yard and murdered. Her body found months later 120 miles from home. Despite How old was she? She was in second grade. So like oh. seven or eight. Yeah. Poor baby. Despite a massive national manhunt that involved everyone up to and including J. Edgar Hoover. Holy shit. Who's director of FBI at the time and President Eisenhower. The killer got away with it. Okay. So now, so this again was in 1957. Let's fast forward to 2008. On the deathbed of an old Illinois woman who grabbed her (gasps) youngest daughter's hand and uttered the words, 
John did it and you have to tell someone. (gasps) The daughter knew what she was talking about immediately and alerted the authorities. There was only one problem. The John, and I'm quoting John in question, was the old woman's son, John McCullough. So the problem was John McCullough was a model citizen and had an airtight alibi. He had been in another town during the abduction, enlisting in the Air Force and undergoing their physical. He had since become a decorated Air Force and Army veteran who had risen to the rank of captain and was awarded a Bronze Star for his service in Vietnam. And he was actually working as a police officer at one point. So (laughs) you would think that he's a good guy, right? But still, a dying mother's accusing finger is enough to raise a few eyebrows. Why would mama tell on her baby? So the cops started circling around this John McCullough guy, but they quickly found that they couldn't break his alibi, which had been backed by his family. And, I mean, obviously for over fucking five decades, 50 years, um, 51 years. Right. But the police persisted, and they re-interviewed a bunch of people connected with the suspect. So one routine interview they had with a former girlfriend of John's, and it led to her giving the investigators an old photograph from their time together. So they were inspecting the photograph, and when they were inspecting it, something fell out of the back. (gasps) And it was a train ticket from the time of the kidnapping. So So he left training? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> so I'm sorry. The, no, it's okay. Getting ahead. That's why I'm not in the police force, guys. But Buddy. guess what? Guess what? What? <laughs> the train ticket was unused. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. How in other words, it was unused. He had, well, they can figure that shit out. He had never taken the trip that he claimed in his alibi. The police immediately named him a suspect and put him in a photo lineup where an eyewitness who was playing with Maria on the night of her abduction easily identified McCullough as the kidnapper. Boom! Take that, John McCullough! Ha! Because of the crime's peculiar nature, the 70... He was fucking 73 in 2008 when they finally found him. He was charged under the laws of 1957 and sentenced to serve the rest of his natural life in prison. So this case remains the oldest solved cold case in history. That's so cool. And serves as a neat way to keep criminals who think they got away with it on their toes in the retirement home. That's right. Mamas. Yeah. Good job, Mama. But I wish you would. Well, okay. We've talked about this before. Like all of those murders and all that shit that happened pre Pre-2000, I'm going to say. Even in the 90s, our yeah. shit sucked. Like, I get so mad. I know. Because I'm like, God, it like, with our technology today, like, I don't see how people get away with murder today. Like, if at it's all. It's getting harder. Our, our technology's it's badass. It's harder to get away like, with it. I get sick about those murders, especially in, the, like, the 70s and the I 80s. Know. The unsolved ones. Because you're like, and then, like, incompetence of, like. for these poor little like, babies. Well, exactly. And then, like, um, like procedures and processes have gotten so much better within oh, the yeah. police force and detective agencies and stuff. Like, back then, they're kind of learning as they go. You can't, yeah. you can't like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the, what's that saying? You can't, like, anyways. You can't Like, build, you can't fault them. Isn't it? Oh, I was going to say, you can't build Rome in a day. <laughs> <laughs> Same sentiment. But, like, you can't right? fault them for, like, not knowing because they're learning, but, like, yeah, like there's so much incompetencies within, especially like small town police forces. It just, 
oh, it makes me sick thinking about like what could have been solved if it happened today. But hopefully still one day all of these can be solved. One day. We'll see. One day. Okay. So do you want to – okay. So this one is a murder and it's weird. Okay. So this is this is titled "Deathbed Confession Leads to Slain Husband." No doubt about it, Geraldine Kelly was one tough woman. Owners of the Victoria Motel in Ventura, and this I guess is in. I don't know. Where is this? I don't know. This was written in 2004, so right when she confessed. Small and dark-haired Jerry sported tattoos, kept attack dogs as pets. And sometimes draped a six foot boa constrictor around her neck during the seven years she managed their 36 room motel next to Highway 101. So extra. So extra. Oh my my God. Is a boa constrictor really necessary? Yes, of course. (laughs) I love it. But she's cold blooded enough to shoot her husband in the head, stuff his body into a freezer for 13 years, and wait till she's on her deathbed to tell her secret. When we got the word, we were in shock. We just looked at each other. It's devastating. This this is said by their children. Um, they had a tumultuous marriage. Yeah, they found they found his remains. The the couple's grown children. This was in Massachusetts. You know, I can't say that word. The couple's grown children had told state police earlier that week where to find the freezer containing their father's remains. The, so, as she lay dying of cancer in 2004, the 54-year-old mother confessed to her daughter that she had killed their father in California several years ago. Um, she had previously told her children that he had been fatally struck by a car. Based on the autopsies, authority believed Geraldine shot her husband in the head in 1991 or 1992, hid his body in a freezer. The freezer remained in a storage facility until 1998 when Kelly moved back to her childhood home of Somerville, Massachusetts, shipping her husband's remains with her. The remains stayed in a Massachusetts storage until Thursday, which this was written, like I said, in November. Um, when medical examiners used physical description and several tattoos to tentatively identify John Kelly. The whole wow. thing has been very bizarre. So, I wonder, like, why what she was so pissed about. I don't know. So the so the children were had, had been estranged from both John and Jerry since their teens. What do you do? Like, how they do never you questioned the tale. That? She was tough. <laughs> I think... They said twice in this article, like, she's tough. I bet she was just, just rough as hell. Just yeah, super rough. Short hair. Jerry was a good manager of the hotel because she didn't take any guff from troublemakers. Oh, oh she's a... Don't mess with Jerry. She, Jerry was a hard ass. <laughs> Jerry sounds scary. She sounds scary. Like, I would be intimidated. She could have been... She could be five feet tall, and I would be just backing down. I bet she was five feet tall. Oh, And just super, shut. like strong and scrappy now that they know what happened to john kelly the kids said one incident stands out in their minds the day after her husband their dad disappeared jerry told them she had to leave for a bit she said i gotta run because my storage unit just called and they they said that there's something leaking from my unit so weird they said i don't think she got away with murder because she died of cancer it's either john's way or god's way of getting back at her (laughs) got her 
Got her. Got her. So there you go. Damn. I mean, unfortunately, there are so many stories of people killing people and then keeping them on property or in storage units or like people keep bodies all the time. It's so weird. Well, if you don't find the body, then there's no crime. Right? That's crazy. Yeah. So this just got me thinking like you've got to just be in a different state of mind when you're about to go. Right? Yeah, because I mean, what what's left to lose? Yeah, I was reading this article on CNN, and there were a few really cute, like one-liner deathbed confessions or lost words, if you will. Sure, sure. Um, one is from this is username Betty Knox Zero, and it says, "My grandma went a little loopy before she went." But she left a voicemail for her best friend in the last day. And, like, literally, like, her last words spoken were, Hey, Maggie, it's Deborah. I'm dying, and it's a lot of fun. Call me back. <laughs> Hung up and died. Love it. It's a lot of fun. So silly. <laughs> um, so cute. So, Louise Marie Therese. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. She, oh my God, she let one rip. So she farted when she was dying and she said, good, a woman who can fart is not dead. And then she died. Love it. And then she died. (laughs) Um, Football coach Vince Lombardi died of cancer in 1970. As he died, Lombardi turned to his wife, Marie, and said, happy anniversary. I love you. Oh, Uh, Joe DiMaggio, baseball player, when he was dying. He was married to Marilyn Monroe. He said, his last words, he said, I finally get to see Marilyn. (gasps) Those are his last words. Oh, no. I know. Um, Let's see. Humphrey Bogart, just before dying from cancer, esophageal cancer in 1957, he said, (laughs) his last words were, I should have never switched from scotch to martinis. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Pour Uh-oh. one out. Pour it all out for <laughs> for Humphrey Bogart. Pour out on Martinis. Um, let's see. Joan Crawford, when she was about to die, she looked at her housekeeper and she said, don't you dare ask God to help me. <gasps> Bob Hope, when he was dying, he went to, he looked at his wife, Dolores. She was asking him where he wanted to be buried. And he just said, surprise me. Surprise me. Like, so, such an uh, asshole, such an asshole response. response. Exactly. Like that's, that's, those are going to be your last words? My God. You're so brilliant. full of yourself, Surprise me. Whatever. Yeah, what a dick. dick. <laughs> Hate him now. Hate him now. I've never liked Bob Hope. Fuck you, Bob Hope. Fuck you. Sorry, you're dead. Not really. Not really. <laughs> um, okay, so James Brown, his last mm. words were... I'm going away tonight. I'm just assuming he's going to sing it. I, he sang. He went out singing. <laughs> I would hope I so. think he did. <laughs> um, Errol Flynn. Yes. Just before dying of a so massive handsome. heart attack in 1959. Oh, he was only 50 years old. I know. And he said, I've had a hell of a lot of fun and I've enjoyed every minute of it. And he oh. was buried with six bottles of whiskey. There you go. There you go. I need so six bottles fun. of Tito's. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, Dylan Thomas. Mm-hmm. He said, I've had 18 straight whiskeys. I think that's the record before he died. <sighs> yeah. Just famous last words. Wow, that's I good. Just think like 
what would I... Yeah, what do you want to go out saying? Probably I love you I to somebody. That, yeah. So mine that I found that's a little bit more lighthearted. We've been talking about death and like the afterlife a lot. Yeah, we have. I mean, it's it's a it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So this the subject of this is this guy named Christian Sperling. He was born in 1901, died in 1994. What did he confess to? Faking the famous Loch Ness monster <laughs> photo. Did you see it? I have seen that. This is amazing. But I don't. I just saw it. I don't know how he faked it. Or so that's funny. In 1934, a doctor named Robert Kenneth Wilson offered a picture to the Daily Mail newspaper. Wilson told the newspaper he noticed something moving in Loch Ness and stopped his car to take the photo. Wait, is that what the Loch Ness monster is named after? Is there is there a place called? Yeah, Loch Ness? it's the it's the lake in Scotland. It's called the Loch Ness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Wilson refused to have his name associated with it, so the photo became known as simply as the surgeon's photo because he was a doctor. For uh, decades, so you have to believe him if he's right? a fucking surgeon. For decades, no. this photo was considered to be the best evidence of the existence of the Loch Ness monster. So, really, if you Google Loch Ness monster, it's the first thing. It is the most famous picture. It's black and white. Like it, uh, yeah. It's the only photo. Um, in 1994, at the age of 93 and near death. Christian Sperling confessed that the surgeon's photo taken 60 years ago was a hoax and the mastermind behind it was his stepfather, Marmaduke Wetherell. Marmaduke? Marmaduke. What are you doing? Marmy. Such a prankster. Such a little shit. So, <laughs> Marmaduke, what a name. I know, right? So in the 1930s, sightings of the Loch Ness Monster became commonplace. So Sperling's stepfather who was a big game hunter and was hired by the Daily Mail newspaper to investigate because of all of these goings-ons, right? When the Natural History Museum investigated, they quickly discovered that the footprints were a hoax. Weatherall was humiliated when the newspaper reported this and for being fooled by the prank. So for revenge, he asked his stepson, Chris Sperling, the guy that made the deathbed confession, um, and he was a professional model maker at the time to make something that would fool the public. Because <gasps> he was so embarrassed. Yes. It's spite. Spite hoax. Oh Sperling God. started with a toy submarine and then added the long neck and small head. Like one of those brontosaurus. Like it always looked like that dinosaur to me. For sure. You know? Um, I feel like that's why people thought it was real because it kind of looked like a dinosaur and dinosaurs, I mean. I mean, sharks are dinosaurs. Alligators, crocodiles yeah. are are literally dinosaurs. Like water brontosauruses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the finished product was about 45 centimeters long and about 30 centimeters high. Don't know what that means in our matrix. I mean, it's tiny. So you made like a little. Yeah. To scale, like, or not to scale. Not to scale. Hmm. Hey, Google. <laughs> How many centimeters in an inch? Like 10. Is there? No. Uh-huh. Actually, I have no fucking clue. No. 2.54 centimeters so in an inch. Like a- so if there's, let's do some on the fly math. 30 centimeters 
Wait, what so let's say? call it 12 inches. One inch is, yeah. So it's a foot. So yeah, yeah he literally Tiny. made like a model. Witherall then him. went down to the lake and took some pictures of the monster. To add respectability to the hoax, he convinced Dr. Wilson, Wilson, who he, whom he knew through a mutual friend to develop the photo and sell it to the Daily Mail. Interesting fact. This deathbed confession is often mistakenly attributed to Robert Pattinson of Bigfoot fame, the Patterson film. Patterson died of cancer in 1972 and in this case swore in his deathbed that the footage was authentic and he had encountered and filmed a large bipedal animal unknown to science. So they get it switched up. So Bigfoot is real, Lockie, Nessie. The one picture of it is big as butt. Oh, there's only one picture of Nessie? And the other ones are like waves in the water. It's stupid. First of all. I've spent way too many hours on documents because I at oh, one point wanted to believe that it was real But wouldn't you hard. believe that over Bigfoot? I would believe an, Nessie a, over a Bigfoot. A marine animal? Yeah. there's what, 90% of the ocean that is undiscovered? We have no we idea. We don't know what's in there. Exactly. What lives there. There could be a whole other universe within our oceans. Well, and that's what I think is kind of cool is like – like, you know, it's people crazy. are looking to the stars, looking for aliens. There's aliens in our waters. Like, yeah. There is. So, that Ariel. was my favorite Ariel and Eric. Uh, uh, what was the dad's name? Daddy. King Triton. <gasps> King Triton. But Daddy, I love him. He's a human. You're a mermaid. Oh, racism. <laughs> God. When will we so ever get beyond good. it? What would that be called? Oh my god, what if one day that's a thing? It's Gillism. That's right. There's a lot of problems in that, for sure. You know what? I saw the other day that, like, Kira Knightley, she doesn't let her daughter watch, like, Disney princess movies because she thinks that it's, like, like, um... I don't know, an affront to women and like, you it know. It kind of is though. It kind of is. But you know what? Kids don't care. Like, I didn't live my life. Look, do you think that I'm a subservient woman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I, no. You know what? It, but kids don't give a fuck. Like, kids don't care. I know, but they're all about like empowering well, of little course. girls to be like. Okay, great. But you know what? There's such a thing as imagination and fantasy yeah. that little kids don't take to their normal lives. Who doesn't want to be I a princess? I pretended all the time to be a princess. But did I go out in the world and think like, oh, I'm for I'm royalty? No. Yeah, I but maybe Jessica Alba's daughter would think that because she is... Kira Knightley? <laughs> Yes. One of them. It doesn't matter. No, but I'm sorry. I don't agree with that. Like, because you know what? Yes, you have the wherewithal and like the social intelligence to, you know, you know, make a like can tell the difference. Kids. Okay. Are you going to tell your little boy to not pretend he's a cowboy? Like, you know what? Sorry, hun. No imagination, none of this. Like, you know what cowboys did? They killed. They're murderers. Right. They, cowboys are bad people. They're bad. You can't pretend to be one. Is that it? Is that what you're going to do? Oh, yes, of course. It's like, of course the princesses are very, like, damsel in distress, like, kind of stuff, whatever. Like, I'm sorry. I don't agree with that. Like, because little kids, 
don't give a shit. They don't remember anything. I feel like it's a phase that little girls need to go through. And if well, they don't, are fun. but also if they don't, are they going to grow up to be a huge whore? That, but here's my point. I I think that it, it it can be totally separated from reality because guess what? There's not flying fairies around. Do you see that around? There's there's not like a talking horse. Kids know that it's a movie. Yeah. They're not going to like live their life by the movie, especially cartoons. Because it's not it's not relatable. It's just fun. So yeah. Hey, guess what, Kira Knightley? Um yeah, you may not as an adult, you have you have complex thought, you think about society, kids don't give a fuck. They don't know. They don't care. So hey, if your daughter likes pretty dresses and like fairies and like princesses and princes and you know whatever, let her watch it because she's not going to, like, apply it to her life. She's five. I was always playing just the princess, and I feel like I grew up just fine. I, like, kind of reject, and, and you know, to each his own. But for me, like, I rejected um, the quintessential get married, have kids, like, stay at home. Like, I didn't want that at all for myself. But, oh, do I love princesses? Yes. I love it. I Who cry. I... To this day, like, if I hear that opening music from Beauty and the Beast, I will start crying. Aww. She's my favorite. Um, so fun. That, that was the, always the one that I liked the best. Me too. But I know, like, out of all of us, whenever we dress up to be princesses for... Was it Colleen or Haley's? I think it was Colleen's. for Colleen's. Yeah. Girls. For yeah. her. I know your bell. I try to call it. Baby not did too. Sorry guys. Sorry, I am bad. Who was I forgot who who everyone said I Oh, I said Snow White cuz Okay. I could do I that. Could, you could definitely be Snow White. Yeah. Tay is obviously Ariel. Ariel. I want Mallory to be the evil stepmother. <laughs> cuz I feel like she'd be so good. Okay, she's so always I could Wednesday either, Adams. Yes. And she has like a really good She like, should bitch be Melissa face. Maleficent. Who's <gasps> my favorite? Melissa Maleficent. Maleficent. Hard. Yeah. That's my favorite also. But no, I guess out of all the the brown-haired princesses. Which and then we have um, Teeny and Christina. Yeah. Esmeralda and Pocahontas. What about Haley? I don't know who Haley wanted to be. It doesn't matter what she wants to be. I think be. she should be Sleeping Beauty because she is like the most chill. Because <gasps> she's so sleepy. Yeah, she's. Um, I love that Mallory's uh, Maleficent. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? I don't think she'd argue with that. I, I think she she'd be like, it. okay, yeah. She, she'd she be so she, good. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I guess I have to be Snow White. No, you know or what? Or Sydney could be Snow White. But who would I be then? You need to be someone. Well, I'm Snow White. You are Snow White. You look, look a lot how white, more like Look her. how white I am. You are as white as snow. Good. I'm glad we got that figured out. Oh my god, this is so fun. I love it. What does what she like sing to the birds? What? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, snow. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm very Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Another full circle. What? Did you know that they say hi ho, hi ho? It's off to work we go. Nope. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's home from work we go. No! Yeah. Mandela effect. 
Yeah. Hi ho. Hi ho. It's home to work we go. Right? Hi ho. Hi ho. I'm gonna play it. Here. Hi ho. That was me, guys, if you didn't know. <laughs> what a fun way to leave work. Home to work we go. from work. Love it. Are we signing off now? I think we are. <clears throat> okay. Well, next week, stay tuned because we're going to get back into the... Classics of the classics. We got Federal Reserve with yeah, Illuminati, New World you. Order, all the things in one. It's gonna be good. So effective, good. We hope you guys have the best weekend. We hope you're a little freaked out this Friday. Happy Look Friday! Look up some more deathbed confessions. Comment on the post and with a link if you find another crazy one. Let us know. Yeah, we'll there's a ton out there. Them, I love. Deathbed confession. I know, because it's such a, it's just like that whole culmination of like secrets and answers, which I love. So fun. Okay, guys. Well, well we love you. God, God bless, bless. And trust, trust no, no one. one. Never, ever. Ever, ever, ever. Bye. And have a great weekend. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> love it.